Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Man, I'm pumped up. I had some great, fantastic, wonderful coaching calls today where people are absolutely kicking ass. And I am absolutely uh, living through some of our top coaching clients. Um, I don't know if you guys know what the word cathartic means, but I have to say it does make me feel like I'm back in the game uh, listing and selling real estate. Just a great call with my first client this morning. He's got uh, 60 – he should have $63 million closed and pending – Think about what I just said, guys. $63 million awesome. closed and pending. Yeah, I know. And it's uh, January, what is it, the 30th, right? $63 nice million. Start. Yeah, man. And, he's, and uh, he's, he's chasing, he thinks with the other deals he's chasing, he and I did the math, he could be over $100 million by probably April or May. And here's what the crazy thing is. Last year he did $50 million. So he's going to double his business oh. not even halfway through the year. Isn't that awesome? It is. And so by the let way, me ask you what other people mm. are thinking. So how does somebody like that, and I know part of the answer is through you, his coach, but how does somebody who is that on track and really ahead stay motivated when he's got that kind of business coming in? Well, I'll answer that in a, in a roundabout way. Yep. He has been with He's been in real estate as a full-time agent for something like five years. And I know you know who I'm talking about. Don't say his name. Yep. Um, and he's been co- – We've been coaching together for four years, and in all that time um, we've been coaching, we've been watching his market go down the tubes because his market has gone down the tubes. Uh, people in his price range in his market are losing sometimes 50%. I know, 2019, January, what the hell are you talking about, Tim? I've been telling you, Julie's been telling you on this podcast that this is the market. Now, at all markets and with all the disclaimers that we normally give you, know your local stats and the rest of it, but I promise you, the market, like it was in 07, is here again in many parts of the country. Nobody's talking about it except Julie and I because they don't want to tell you the truth because they're worried that you guys will overreact and freak out. Agents, boots on the street, they are not telling you the worst-case scenario because they themselves don't know what to do to prepare you for worst-case scenario. This is not true for every brokerage. You know, This is absolutely not true for every brokerage, but that is what our industry does. It hides its head in the sand until basically – you know, you get the idea. So what he's been doing over the past three or four years, as we've noticed that the market starts to adjust down, is he's been getting really freaking good at pricing, really good at knowing his market, really good at um, just all the things that are necessary to thrive in a changing market. So what he was doing is all the while he was starting at basically ground zero, worked his way up. Now he's the number one agent in his brokerage, going to be probably the number one agent in his state this year. And all the while, all these institutionalized, and these are, this is an ultra-high-end market, and all these ultra-high-end agents were essentially turning away, doing their business, doing great, and here was this person that none of them were paying attention to. And what he started doing is he started chipping away, chipping away. He started picking up expireds. He started doing all the things basically we tell you all you guys to do. I mean, there's no secret sauce to it. Obviously, I'm personally coaching him, so you could pretty much assume that I'm going to tell him what we tell you, but a much more drilled down, you know, much more 
I mean, can you imagine what it'd be like having me barking you, bark at you once a week? You're going to take action really fast. That's just the bottom line. And that's what he did. And he's really become somebody who's just powerful. I had these conversations with him where he tells me about these complex deals. He tells me of these egos and all this Mickey Mouse. And like I listen to him tell how he worked all these things out. And at the end of it, I say, I have no criticisms for anything you just told me. You just played that perfectly. And, you know, that's for me as a coach, I have to tell you, I love it. That's the reason when someone asks Julie and I, look, Julie and I are best-selling authors. We own parts of tech companies. We own uh, you know, multiple rental properties. We own a coaching business. We own just all this other stuff. But when someone asks us what we do for a living, I always say real estate coach because that's really where our heart and soul is. So anyway, I'm, still com- I'm coming off two really great calls in the call right after that was another fantastic agent, and he's absolutely kicking butt. He's in a market that's not like the first market. Um, he doesn't sell really expensive stuff, but he's starting to do things in volume. And the conversation I just had with him was obviously motivational for me as well as it was with for him because I've been coaching him for probably four years, and he's one of these agents that's always had difficulty staying on track. He would have good months, and for him it would be good three and four months, maybe six months, and then you have two or three bad months. And what he would do, and he was well aware of this because I always grind him about it, as soon as he's got enough security from closings and pendings and listings and cash in the bank, he wouldn't work as hard. And essentially, he was always taking one step forward, one step back, financially, one step forward, one step back. He would kick some butt. He'd get a whole bunch of deals and contracts. He'd make some money. And then he would stop working with the same level of you know, intensity. And then he would essentially slowly have to burn through the money that he had accumulated maybe accumulate some new debt, and back and forth, back and forth. But for the last probably almost a year, he had a light bulb go off where he realized he's finally accepted the fact that the business and the income that he's creating is not dependent on his market, not dependent on the interest rates, not dependent on anything external that's all dependent on him. And when he finally accepted this, when he finally realized, and this this truly was his epiphany, and he told me this, when he realized that success was a choice – not something that basically just happens out of luck, when he realized it was a choice that he could choose to be successful consistently, and it, that, that basically was a revelation to him because it removed a lot of the, you know, the burdens, the chains that he'd been emotionally holding on to with believing that he couldn't be in complete control. So now every single call we're having is a – he doesn't always hit a home run from week to week, but he's always hitting base hits. So his new paradigm is he's setting a listing a day, and he's usually taking a listing a day. And in his market, these things are selling. So he's going to make more money. And so here's what we got to talk about. From the first call I had with him, he told me he wanted to buy a Ferrari. Right? Great goal. He's still young enough he can enjoy it. He's got little kids. They can enjoy it. Finally, he's to the point where actually we're able to have a real planning conversation on him getting his Ferrari. That is, for me – a uh, a wonderful thing. I, not only do I like cars, that's the side. I love the fact that here's somebody who I've been able to see go from he was always a, he was always a good agent, but now he's become a great agent, a great agent. But what he's really become, he's become a great business person because he's able to. He doesn't get his head stuck in ego stuff. He's not chasing awards. He's not talking about his team. He's not talking about his branding. He's not buying buyer leads every single day. He follows our system. He gets up, he prospects, he lead generates, he pre-qualifies, he goes on appointments, he negotiates contracts, he closes deals. That's what he does every single day, very consistently. 
Yes, he had some ego fights back and forth and all the normal stuff. And let's be honest, it took him probably two or maybe two and a half years to get to the point where he's like he is now being consistent. But he's there. And now he's enjoying the blessings of this business because he can put himself in a position of experiencing success every single day because he now he realizes this is choice. So what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today is we're going to be talking about what we think is the perfect morning schedule. This is something that a lot of you guys ask this question of us, but you, you don't say, Tim, what's the perfect morning schedule? Or Julie, what should I be, you know, how do I manage my day? You instead ask it like, I feel overwhelmed. I don't know heads from tails. I'm always chasing my tail, doing paperwork. I'm a, blah, blah, blah. I'm a Pop-Tart agent, as our dearly departed friend Howard Britton used to say. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a very practical and tactical morning schedule. Before we do, Ms. Julie, do you have anybody you'd like to recognize, appreciate, or whatnot? Well, I'm looking forward to a lot of that happening on my premier coaching call, which I do right after this. We're going to be diagnosing a lot of different things. And one of the exciting things we're doing on that premier call is we're looking at one of those spokes that's not a, you know, we always talk about for sale by owners and, and uh, expireds and probate and past clients and centers of influence, kind of standard issue stuff. But we've been working on the concept of having one relationship and multiple listing opportunities through people like investors and divorce attorneys and all these kind of, I, I think of them as uh, companies and firms and people that surround our real estate business that agents all are not always attuned to. So we're having some fun discussions with that, and it's always a great class. So people ask about that, um, and, you know, that's where I'm at. So creating the ideal schedule. Today we're going to talk about, and this is one of our most common requests, how do I deal with time management? You guys look at it in a lot of different ways, but it comes down to scheduling. Today we're going to talk about what your schedule rules should be, and then tomorrow we're going to give you our recommended literally hour by hour. Write it down, modify a little bit. If you've got three kids, you're getting onto the school bus in the morning, maybe your schedule is going to be different than somebody who doesn't. Okay? If you are somebody that's in the frozen tundra, you're probably not going to have door knocking on your schedule right now at this time of year. So subject to modification, we'll give you a very specific drilled down schedule tomorrow. Today we're going to talk about how to think about your schedule, what rules to apply to your schedule so that you can have a better shot at success with it. Does that make sense, Tim? Yep, and Julie, you can just present because I'm actually – you guys can email us during the show at Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We're going to be uh, – <laughs> I've been saying this for probably 18 months, but finally mm-hmm. we're going to be uh, able to get our increase our uh, podcasting um, experience for all of you so that you guys can start asking questions during the podcast. Um, I won't bore you with all the details of why that's been technologically impossible, but we're getting there soon. But if you ever want to email us during the show, just email me at tim at timandjulieharris.com. And just put your question, keep it short, and just try to put it in the subject line. Um, that way I can uh, you know, maybe use your question as part of the content for that day's show. So, Julie, I'm going to – because I have quite a few questions, yeah. but they're not related to your topic. I'm going to answer mm-hmm. questions. You just okay. go through your content. Cool? Sure. Yep, but stay live so I – have you nearby? I'm not going to. anywhere. You're fine. <laughs> okay, just making sure. All right, so scheduling. I know this is not the world's most sexy topic in the around, but it is something that all of you struggle with. The busier you get, the more volume you do, the more listings you're handling, it doesn't get better. It ends up being more of a challenge. So you have to get in front of this. So before you create your ideal daily schedule, so that's the goal over today's podcast and tomorrow's, is for you to walk away with your personal ideal daily schedule. But before we get into that, we always like to do a little mindset about it. I want to ask you this question. What was your best day ever 
in real estate. Look back. What was your best day ever? How did that happen? How can you recreate that result more frequently? So study your own success. Was it because you were following a schedule? Was it because you were working out consistently? Were you following a specific nutrition plan? Were you keeping a journal, using calendar reminders? Were you being held accountable by outside forces? What was your best day ever in real estate? When did you actually say what we often refer to? Thank you, past fill in your name. Thank you, past Jenny, for having it together so I can have the best real estate day ever. I had so many appointments. They went so well. I am just dripping in business. Thank you, past Bob, for actually having a past client system in place that is dripping those types of deals on you this year. What was it that you can say thank you to? And then either recreate, make it better, make it more consistent. Most of you have those days. If you're freshly licensed and you came from something else, well, apply it to your previous life. Maybe you're coming from the corporate world and you had your best days ever in that job. You can think about that as well. So moving on to rules. Rule number one, consider your mindset. Have you actually decided with certainty that this will be your best year ever and that this will largely be due to your daily disciplines? Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level, but doing it on purpose, not just when you feel like it. Remember the story of the South Pole Explorers, the guy that did 20 miles a day no matter what, got there first. Probably there were days where he didn't feel like hiking 20 miles through the snow. Some of you in, say, Minnesota and Wisconsin can maybe relate to that this week. So point number two, or rule number two, <clears throat> whiteboards. Now in Premier Coaching, we have a whole section that's called Whiteboards and Visual Accountability, which walks you through, gives you pictures and examples of exactly how you should be visually tracking everything. Most of you uh, have a picture of that. It's also in the Harris Rules book we talk about this. But whiteboards are there to be a visual accountability tool. Yes, of course, you can have spreadsheets and you know, smartphone reminders and all these things. I get that. That's not the point. Walking into the office and seeing it in front of you is what does the trick. So whiteboards updated daily, cleaned off, posted with your real numbers. What should you be tracking? Your magic number of listings. We've dedicated entire podcasts to figuring out what your magic number of listings is. That's the number of listings you must have at all times in order for you to meet or exceed your monthly goals, your monthly income goals. So if you have to do three deals a month, perhaps your magic number is something like 12 or 15 listings at all times. You have to track it. It's not enough to just know that that number is 12. Are you sitting there with maybe three right now and it should be 12? Maybe you have 12, but they're not selling as quickly as they used to. It tells you what to do. If you've got six on the board and six clean spaces, where are your next six listings to make your magic number work for you? You need to have the total number of units required to achieve your yearly goals posted, number of pendings. Get serious about this. It works so well, it's almost uncanny. And again, in the Harris Rules book, which you can find on Amazon, some of you guys already have it in your library, the uh, updated version is coming out in June. But this is all right there. Premier Coaching Clients is right there on the website. So not just have whiteboards, not just understand the concept, but keep them updated daily. That's one of your schedule rules. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number three, prepare for success. Have your pre-listing package done, assembled, and deliverable by hard copy, digital copy, 
Some of you have done little video presentations with it. It's hard to hit your listing goals if you don't know how to actually list 100% of your listing appointments. So some of you are like, well, gosh, I've always been told it's good to hit 50%. No, that's failing. You wouldn't accept that from your third grader, okay? Assuming that you have pre-qualified them and you're talking to somebody who is actually motivated with a time frame, you should be able to actually take 100% of your appointments. All right, and I have to take a little drink, Tim, so if you want to add anything. I know you're doing other stuff, but oh, you caught me you in extreme coffee. Well, I, I like your point you just made. It's really important. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that taking 50% of the listing appointments you go on is good. It's terrible. Or it's normal. an F. It's you failing. It's normal. I know. It's shocking to me that you guys believe that. The fact is, and I mean this with all sincerity, even if you're a brand new agent, if you are pre-qualifying the seller and you're using, frankly, our pre-qualification script, you know their motivation, you know their time frame, you know, they, you know what they think the house is worth, you know if you're competing on the listing, you know what the house is worth, I already said that. So the point is, is if you know all that and then you send the pre-listing pack and you know that they've used it, you include the 20 questions in case they decide to interview any other agents, they can use and interview other agents. I'm going through all this really fast. And then if you go to the house and use our, you know, basically our listing presentation along with the Sharpie close, even if you're a brand new list agent, you will get the listing. The idea that you guys have accepted the fact that you're not going to get 50% of the listings you go on is disgusting. You have to have the mindset you will take no less than 100%. Follow what we suggest to you in Premier Coaching. Do what we ask you to do with regards to, you know, being last if it's com a competitive situation. All the little hacks we give you to be a successful listing agent. If you guys want to learn more about Premier Coaching, the easy button is to, well, the quickest easy button, just email me, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and I'll send your email to our uh, new member coach staff. If you would like to request a free coaching call and speak with one of our new member coach staff, just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, and, uh, yeah, you'll discover everything you need to know in order to build your real estate business. I, if the cold weather in 99% of the country does not uh, absolutely convince you to be a listing agent, then nothing will. Right, yeah, buyers agents are out there it. having to. Buyers agents are out there having to essentially, literally, uh, risk life and limb to show houses, whereas listing agents are sitting at home listening to our podcast while having a cup of coffee along with Julie and I. That's the difference. How about that? Not only is it leverage, but it's life and liberty. So you might you might want to take advantage of it. So go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Y'all caffeinated up, I, lady? I don't know. Thank you for that. I wonder whether electronic lockboxes at some point just don't work when it's like 25 below zero. I wonder, no, you know it's true. We had that happen. When we lived true. in New Albany and you and I were selling real estate in New Albany Country Club, how often did we come across a lockbox that literally had been frozen, frozen over? Yeah, it was like something, you know, it was like the ice Or you couldn't find man. it. Couldn't find it because it was in a snow drift or an ice drift. Exactly. Right? Or no one moved you know, the snow between the... Yeah, I mean, uh, listing yeah. appointments. I remember listing appointments up. where the sellers were just, it would snow that afternoon, and you and I would have to go out on this listing appointment, and they didn't move the snow from the driveway, and of course, you were wearing heels, and I mean, the whole thing. <laughs> it was awful. Right? Flashback. So, so those you know, are, I was just so thinking, I, I remember Coach Rochelle, you know, most of you guys know her, our premier coaching coach know her. She was a buyer's agent for us for years before she was a coach, and I will never forget getting a panic call from her that she had put her BMW in a snowdrift during showings, okay? And she was so pissed because she had, like, this beautiful new – she called it her winter white outfit. It was, like, these, 
this beautiful wool, you know, white slacks. And, and because she was digging her car out, she had ruined her new outfit. So that's I the life of a buyer's agent. And now she's a killer listing agent as well and a coach. But, you know, we, we all have these stories. And if you, have any, if you want any proof that we actually did what we're coaching you to do, we have tons of stories. Maybe that will be my next book is, you know, crazy stories from the edge of real estate. I don't know. Oh, but I heard one yesterday. I heard one yesterday oh, yeah. that will tell me. that will top but I can't tell I can't tell the story. It's not my story to tell. And okay. there's some of the world's most famous people that were part of this story. Uh the types that have full time twenty four hour uh, uh bodyguards basically. And wow. but that was the craziest yes. I didn't even tell you that yesterday. But it's the craziest story I've ever heard, and uh, maybe one day that'll come out on a podcast after enough time's passed. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Julie, well, get, to your, next, to, get to your next point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we digress. Okay. So point number four is a really easy one to hold yourself accountable to. I have it easy because when my snooze button goes off, here's the rule: take control from the moment your alarm goes off. Don't hit the slacker button. That's your new name for your snooze button. It's easy for me because I've got a munchkin to get to school before they lock the door and she's not allowed in. There's some outside accountability, but some of you don't have that going on. Some of you have like four or five munchkins to get to different schools, and it's easy for you. The rest of you who have an option to actually take on the day when you have decided your alarm goes off or hit the lazy button, just stop hitting snooze. I wish I could disable that on everybody's alarms, but just stop hitting the snooze button. And that doesn't mean to set it forward a couple hours so that you can then officially sleep in. Just take control. And that is uh, related to point number five or rule number five. This will help you so much. Have a consistent start time and end time daily. I have noticed over the years, and I've noticed it with myself as well, but you know, you get tuned into certain habits of top producing coaching clients. Some of my uh, most consistent producers, they don't have like different schedules. They always get up at their start time and they always stop working and turn it into family time or spouse time at a certain time of day. So instead of having like on Tuesdays, you know, I've got an office meeting, so I'm going to get up at 7. And on Wednesdays, I can sleep in because I don't really have any appointments then. And then on Fridays, maybe I'm going to get ready for, you know, the weekend open houses. So maybe I'll roll in at noon then. That's, that's not a plan, okay? That's how somebody who is self-unemployed or dabbling or a hobbyist operates, Somebody who's serious about their career and about their success and about being of service to others is up at whatever start time you've committed to. And then a quit in time is also important, especially those of you who have families and, you know, they don't want you on your cell phone at 9 o'clock at night. So have a consistent start time and end time every day. Point number six, you take control. If you're not controlling your time, someone or something else is. Consider how we teach you to close. I have Tuesday at 4 p.m. or Saturday at 10 a.m. available. Which is best for you? Okay, why do we teach you to close that way? Number one, so you're not asking for the appointment. You're telling them their choices. If you ask when can we get together, they're either going to say they're too busy, ask me next week, or I can guarantee you whatever time they suggest is going to be inconvenient to you. Second reason is because ideally you have actually thought about your specific appointment times available versus when should we meet. Okay, so you take control. Um, one of the best business journals uh, is called, I have it on my desk, I've been using it for lots of schedule stuff, it's called the Self Journal. And one of their points, and this, this is like, you know, 
proven and recommended and all that kind of good stuff. When somebody asks me about business journals, I always recommend that one. One of their points is that if, when you are on your, your business day, you need to not have a lot of white space on your calendar. One of the goals of that business journal is for you to on purpose slate out your day and stick to it. It's when you have large amounts of white space that you get off track, that you have days where you wonder, was I at work? What, what did I actually do that was productive? You have to do it on purpose. Related to that is rule number seven. <clears throat> how m know how many days you're working every month. Now we typically lay this on all of you guys about fourth quarter when we start to see people get off track and the holidays and all that kind of stuff. But you should use this rule, not just fourth quarter or during the holidays, but all the time. Know how many days you're working every month. Put dollar signs on each workday and X's on non-work days to keep your focus. Why does that work? This technique is very critical to ending the whole you know, nebulous or stressful thing that you go through. Stress is caused by being at work but having a mindset of vacation or wishing you were on vacation, as well as being on vacation but checking your cell phone and your text all the time and really being quasi-half at work. The point of having dollar signs on work days and X's on non-work days, you can even, maybe X isn't the best thing, maybe put a smiley face on non-work days, vacation days, okay? The point is, if it's a work day, work should lead to profit. That's why it's not called vacation, okay? So be serious about that and actually have your schedule laid out. And it helps to see, you know, maybe this month you've got two holidays and you've got some long weekends and you've got some things going on. And that means that instead of normally every month has 20 work days if you just take out the weekends. But when you have holidays and other stuff, maybe you've got a family vacation or something else is going on. If you've only got not 20 days, but maybe 12 real work days out of 30, you should be looking at that thinking, I've got to be extra hyper-focused on those 12 work days or 15 work days or even 20 work days. So know what they are. Then we've got uh, rule number eight, every day must have the following. And by the way, these are things that lead to profit. Lead generation, lead follow-up. You have transaction management. Many of you, if you have enough going on, you need to have a, a uh, transaction coordinator, but certainly taking after your deals. Your appointment times, your review of hot she sheets, meditation, schedule with consistency and follow the schedule. Ideally, you're setting a new appointment every day, but you have to have lead generation and lead follow-up. Rule number nine, and I'm going to go kind of fast because I need to get to Premier. Rule number nine, use the daily success game if you're a Premier client. Rule number 10, mornings are for setting new appointments. Afternoons for, are for going on what you've set up and maintaining your existing deals. So if you're confused about what to do when, the morning is best used. And we're going to drill down on this with some really specific times, what you should do during which hours tomorrow. But mornings are for new appointments. Afternoons are for going on what you've set up and keeping after your deals. If you've got a transaction coordinator, it's for meeting with them and holding them accountable and knowing what's going on. Remember that 80% of your time is to be spent working in your business, only 20% working on your business. Most agents have that flip-flopped. Working in is lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. Working on hey, your business is all the fun stuff you guys like to dabble with. Go ahead. You better round the bend because you've got to get to premiere. So listen, guys, tomorrow we're going to give you the exact schedule, and we're also going to give you some uh, shortcuts. 
Some of you are at the point where you need to seriously consider delegating some of your closing transaction stuff. We're going to give you some suggestions on how to offshore that. I don't mean that literally. We're going to give you some suggestions. Yeah, uh, go to trustedtc.com and talk to our friend Tammy, by the way. So trustedtc.com, she can actually close deals for you. Um, and she's a, you know, she's a contract employee. She's not somebody you have to pay every month if you're – like maybe you, when you get above five closings, you don't want to have to manage all the details. So you can delegate to her, or maybe you just want to delegate to her right away so you can stay on the phone. So we're going to give you all these little shortcuts. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to help you focus. The thing I want you to take away from today's uh, podcast, more than anything, is the revelation that – it is a choice how you manage your schedule. It is a choice whether you decide to have ever-increasing levels of success this year. It is a choice whether you choose to be lazy and complacent or you choose to be, frank, frankly, the best version of you you possibly can. Um, and the choice that I want you to be thinking about is when you tell yourself that you're, that you're overwhelmed, that you can't control your schedule, that you all these other things. And these are how usually we get these emails. You know, I'm overwhelmed. I have this going on. I have that going on. And then when you cut through the Mickey Mouse of what's, you know, sometimes you call them back, sometimes we only mail them back, and you cut through all the things, all the noise, all the, all the. It's usually a, a paragraph with no breaks and no spaces, and it's just like you could tell this person is feeling crazy. But when you cut through all of it, and you realize, and they realize that they're choosing to feel overwhelmed. And this is kind of a mental breakthrough for some of you. Just bear with me. If you choose, if you realize that you're making a choice to allow yourself to feel overwhelmed, especially after you hear the schedule uh, that we're going to give you tomorrow, then you're doing that because you're getting a benefit from feeling overwhelmed. And I had this exact call with a lady over the weekend, I think, a coaching client, and she was absolutely in a panic mode. I didn't want her to wait until next week to get a call back from someone from our staff, so I called her right back. I saw the question in customer service, so I called her right back. Obviously, she wasn't expecting to hear from me on a Sunday, but it didn't matter. So I called her back, and I asked her, what is it today that you can do that's going to uh, have the most impact financially on your business and your family? And she had this long list of things, and it took me to ask her that question in different forms three or four times. And then she realized there was only two or three things that she should really be focusing on. And then we were able to take all the other stuff that she thought was important, and we were able to set it aside, eliminate some of it, delegate a lot of it. And then I asked her the question. I said, so what, how are you benefiting by feeling overwhelmed, by allowing yourself to feel overwhelmed? What was the benefit you got from having all that noise clutter? And she said to me, without hardly any prodding, which I was really, frankly, proud of her about, because I was trying to create an elegant solution or an elegant uh, fix for not wanting to make calls to my past clients and make calls to expireds. I was trying to create this illusion that I didn't have any time to do the other type of work because ultimately she agreed and concluded that it was that type of work where she was going to get the most bang for her dollars and most in ter terms of her time, but it's also the very things that she was not doing because she allowed herself to go into this mental, deranged place of feeling overwhelmed. Do you guys understand? So the overwhelmed illusion is a choice. She was choosing to feel that way because it gave her an elegant excuse not to do what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do it at the highest level. That, my friends, is a revelation if you get it because it goes back to the word choice. You're no longer a victim of being too busy, of your voicemail, of your email, of your just all the erratic shit that happens in life. You're no longer a victim of it. You can choose where you're going to spend your time. Our schedule tomorrow is going to just ask you to schedule your morning. That's it. You only really have to have a scheduled discipline maybe three to five hours a day. That's it. 
The rest of the time, the rest of the day, if you do what we're going to ask you to do for three to five hours a day, the rest of the day can just be doesn't even matter what. As long as you do the most important things every morning first, and again, the schedule comes tomorrow, then you know what? It'll all be perfect. You're going to be amazed at how much more progress you make. So if there's anything you need from us, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.